Haunted Norfolk is a magical collection of the unusual and inexplicable in the county. From folklore to ghosts, witchcraft to natural wonders, magic to enchanted places, we tell the kind of stories you share on dark nights around a campfire. I'm Stacia Briggs and I write Weird Norfolk. And I'm Shifa Connor and I curate Weird Norfolk. Norfolk. This is our second episode for Heritage Open Days and um, we're still in Thetford. We are, we haven't <laughs> come far. Um, but we're in Thetford and it's a lovely day. Although we've passed Iceland to get here. We have passed Iceland to get journey. here. And you'll probably notice by the sound that we're, we're not in a cupboard anymore if you listen to our last episode. If you didn't you should go back and listen to our last really episode. This is really good. Um, we decided we'd pop along to Setford Priory and it's actually really beautiful here. Mm. Like just we just had a picnic in front of the Priory's lodgings, there's dogs running round. There's youths drinking. There's youths. But we're yeah. not worried about the youths. No, the youths are away. Um, also the wind is blowing typically, so hopefully yeah. it won't disturb the sound too much. Although it was perfectly still until we started recording. Yeah. Which is quite annoying. So this is actually my first visit to Thetford Priory. It's impressive, isn't it? It is really impressive. I was expecting, I don't know, just like a pile of rubble. (laughs) (laughs) Had you not looked at the pictures? I did, but I couldn't, I don't think the pictures do it justice. Because it actually is really big. And I think because some of the walls are like still so high, it really gives a sense of what it would have been like. And yeah. I, as you're, so we're sitting, like I said, in front of the Prior's Lodge, but you have to walk through what would have been the church and Gatehouse. various buildings. Yeah. And, and the, the walls are really high and you can really still feel how, like... And this pre- is maintained very beautifully by English Heritage. Mm-hmm. Open every day, we just sort of, apart from Christmas Day, so yep. don't try popping here on Christmas Day. No. Um, founded by Roger B. God, not by God, or, or maybe God. by God. By God. By God, Roger. <laughs> Roger, Roger <laughs> um, in 1103 to 1104, quite precise. Yeah. Um, it was affiliated, affiliated to the Benedictine Abbey at Cluny in France and was built on, it says here, a magnificent scale in the rich architectural style typical of the Cluniac order. So it is big. It um, is big. It's and- much larger than Ben and Priory in, in the north. And it's still incredibly well intact yeah and it's it's nice to see that it's been used as well like people are still coming here and chilling yeah. out oh, having no. picnics and oh look here comes a huge jet plane over us just in time for us to be recording um suppressed in 1540 during the reformation as was practically everywhere and it's at that point that the buildings fell into disrepair. i'm always fascinated by that so you've got something that's basically been in disrepair since 1540 and no one's really done anything about yeah, it's it it's quite strange really, it's isn't nice it? isn't it it's kind of like well we like it yeah so we're we gonna can come and have it. picnics here exactly so we'll just keep and coming you here. can see why the um why the georgians and the victorians would have kept it because they liked a, a romantic ruin but um this is quite a big piece of land just mm. off the town center yeah we're five minutes away from King's House. We're yep. five minutes away from St Peter's and the town centre. So it's a big bit of land, isn't it? I think this place 
the Priory would have been on our weird list even if it didn't have ghost sightings because we will get to the ghost sightings and it, there is quite a, a good one um, but it's actually got a few kind of interesting bits anyway so the first thing I really liked about this is so it was founded by Roger Beagod Beagod um, he laid the foundation stone for the Priory on the 1st of September 1107 he did and he died eight days later yeah bad news unfortunate yeah um but this led to an argument about where he should be buried <laughs> you know where i'm going with this don't I you do. i think it's brilliant mm. um so the monks at thetford were like well he established thetford he's getting buried here so they buried him but then the bishop of norwich in the middle of the night sent some men to steal the body and take it back to norwich yeah. With, yeah, he's not staying there. No, so the Bishop of Norwich wasn't having any of it. And so, yeah, it's. One rule for one, one for another. Yeah. Body snatching, bad normally, fine if you're but a bishop. I quite like that this whole story starts with a bit of body snatching. Yeah. It's like, it's good. All the best stories. Um, so, the next weird thing that we would have done, even if there wasn't ghosts here, is the miracle, or the, are the miracles. Yeah. And this was a place said to have miracles. Mm. Um, and that came about because uh, a century after the Priory was founded, uh, a Thetford craftsman had a vision of the Virgin Mary. Sorry, I feel like I'm going to hiccup. I've just drank some, drank some pop. And also, you'll be, you'll be a bit crazy because you've drunk some pop. Yeah. I should have, I should have warned everybody. Yeah, she's had, she's had a. I've had Coca-Cola. She's had a brand name. And now, <laughs> I've been running now round we in will circles. all suffer. Anyway, carry on. Um, so the Thetford craftsman had a vision of the Virgin Mary who told him that he would be cured of a disease. Although, other ones I've said that he would get rich. Uh, the one I've got is he was suffering an incurable complaint ah. and that if he persuaded the prior to build a lady chapel on the north side of the church, he would be fine. But it is a bit suspicious that he was a craftsman and then he saw yeah. the Virgin Mary who said, you probably need to build a chapel. Yeah, a little mm. bit suspicious. Yeah. Um, but he did convince the, yes. the prior and they built the chapel. Yes. And when they were put, getting stuff to put in the chapel, they got a, a statue of the Virgin Mary from a former Saxon cathedral in the area. Mm. They were restoring the statue and they discovered that the head was hollow and it actually contained relics, conveniently. Handy. Um, from various saints and things. And um, they included the grave cloths of Lazarus and the girdle of Our Lady. I don't know what that means. I read grave cloths as loincloths. Did you? <laughs> yeah. I think they're quite different. <laughs> <clears throat> I do think they're quite different. But yeah, and the girdle. They well, all presumably the bit of bone, not her pants. Do you think? A girdle? A girdle well, is a... Well, it'd be a bit of bone, wouldn't it? Gir like, Girdles aren't bones, are they? Well, weren't they then? I took that to be a bit of bone. Do you think take that to be her I think it's like... No, I don't think it's pan. I think a girdle then was more of a under-petticoat thing. Okay, I've got this. The relics of the robe of our Lord, of the girdle of our Lady, the rock of Calvary... I mean, there was quite a lot in there, so really. It's either a really big statue, or these were all tiny pieces. Well, not only that, presumably it would have rattled, mm. wouldn't it? It's got yeah. all that in it. But yeah, so it was... Can you um, confirm who Lazarus is for me? No. Oh, sorry. 
I felt like that was something you would know. I do know that in the in the I was about to say relics of my brain, but um, I can't bring that out for you right now. Okay. I need to be given some form of you know it's like Google, a some form of Google. It's like a cash <laughs> register in my head, so you haven't put in the correct value for it to open with that knowledge in. It may come. There you go. A feather has just fallen. There you go. That's there you go. There's a miracle, right there. A feather has just landed in Shaper's hand. So yes, this uh, and there was also a letter um, yeah. involved with it, wasn't there? Which was addressed to Stephen the Second Prior, who sent the relics transmitted from the church at Jerusalem, uh, and by, I had a, I by a monk say... called Ralph. <laughs> I didn't have the thing about the Second Prior. There is something oh. about the Second Prior. There is. Which we will get yep. to. Um, but just sticking with the miracles, the miracles in particular, there were three that were mentioned in particular. One was someone who had a recovery of speech, and then two, which were the restoration to the life of children apparently dead. So zombie children made human again. Oops, we're losing, we're losing things in the wind. Um, so pilgrims flocked here, and because of their offerings, another chapel was built on the north which was extended by 40 feet, and five monks were added to the establishment. So it was a really great thing to have, a miracle-working yeah. virgin statue, because it meant that you got loads of gold. Yeah. Yeah. You can see the temptation. You can see the temptation, and I can see the temptation of an artisan craftsman in building one too. It doesn't say whether his incurable disease was cured. No, it doesn't, actually. We'll just have to assume it was. I think we should assume it was, yes. But, yeah, so this amazing miracle-working virgin was here and then we we just touched on him but there was a notorious prior here in 1248 wasn't there called Stephen yes and what happened to him so um the second prior so the first or there was another prior Stephen which makes it a bit confusing good prior Stephen good prior Stephen and then there was bad prior Stephen naughty Stephen and he turned and this is a quote uh the priory into a house of debauchery yeah and caroused 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 with local knights Mm. and um this is a quote from a publication i found um if the first prior stephen thus worked for the good of his house the second prior of that name was equally thorough in working evil and uh then there's like a, a little bit of latin which I haven't put down here, but I did translate it. And one of his friends was described as clercus monstrous, which is Latin for freakish clerk. <laughs> and then there's a bit more Latin, which I'm not going to read, but I translated it and it said he had the, be- had the belly like a bottle in the frost. A belly like a bottle in the frost? What does that mean? I don't know. I thought a bottle in the frost would crack. Maybe his belly cracked Ooh. unless it was like looked or if it was so big maybe it was like all veiny Ooh. so maybe it was like so a bellamine so massive round yeah. bottle and yeah because bottles were round yeah. based then weren't they so maybe so he was big so he ate or drank a lot and he was a, a freakish clerk he was from I thought that was really so he cool. kind of went into disrepute quite quickly then didn't yeah, he yeah it, it been did that long and that's with the virgin mary doing yeah. the business here as well yeah um so there was a monk who was so enraged by Stephen's abusive language towards him that he actually stabbed him to death. I'm not sure that is an appropriate reaction to being annoyed by someone. But he must have been like pushed to the edge. Pushed to the edge. If if this debauchery and stuff had been going on for so long, I suppose maybe you think if you take out the lead snake, 
then yeah. and I think improve. I think I read, but I haven't made a note of it. I think Stephen was threatening to send this monk away. Right. And so I guess that combined with if he was like being really rude to him. Mm. Said Different bad times. Words. Different times. You did just stab people if they insulted you then. And haven't we all been there, <laughs> wishing that we could um, do that? And so the monk was um, in turn arrested, and then he spent the rest of his life in the Norwich prison where he oh, died. Dear. So, and apparently so happy there is ever a after, is it? But, but so Stephen did die. He died outside the Great West Door of the church. Yeah, didn't and he? apparently there is a plaque which we'll have to go and have a look for to mark the spot where he dies. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So we'll have a look for that. Um, but so there are. Oh, there was also a riot here in mm. 1313. Nobody knows what started the riot. Like they've not like there were like inquests and stuff but nobody could actually pinpoint the reason for it um but a group of people broke in and killed several monks monks on the high altar Gosh. so this place has had like some good weird history it really has it has yeah um, and and it was a house here as well wasn't it for a while so it was it actually was a house until the 1800s oh, okay. um it became a roofless ruin as in roof... Is that the priory that was the... The, the prior's lodging. So where, oh, so we, where are we are sitting right now... That was a house. It used to be a house. It was a house for 200 years after okay. the dissolution. And then it was altered during that time. That's why it's in such good repair. You can see you can see kind of actual brick tracery where windows mm. were. It's because it was a house. So I had a look at the sign because I read signs. And there are two elements which are still, which are 12th century, which are one of the art, like there's two arches just down yeah. there. They're both 12th century. So there are some original mm. features. And you can see that it would be a nice place to live. It's a beautiful, mm. it was a beautiful building. Mm. By the 1820s, it was a roofless ruin. It was kept, as we hinted at there, as a as a beautiful ruin um, during, the Vic, during the Victorian times. So... Abbey House was built in the 19th century. The prior remains were incorporated into its grounds as a romantic ruin. So it's been somewhere where people from this area yes, have come yeah. for years. And we know that the Georgians and the Victorians were obsessed mm. with these kind of... They used to build them themselves, didn't yeah, they? Follies. Like follies. Yeah, so they used to... So this was obviously... Uh, an, an original. An original. Very desirable. Yeah, and it, you can see that this is the kind of place that is perfect for... Victorians really isn't it mm. it's kind of your perfect gothic mystery would be based here with people wafting around in yeah. love topping each other you know and ghosts and ghosts on which note on which note we shall yeah. get to the ghost let's get to the ghost so um, the paranormal database which is obviously marvellous yeah has a brief summary um, monks can be heard singing in Latin in the ruins of the building, followed by a single reading from an unknown text. In 1992, a group of nine teenagers walking through the grounds heard the jangling of chains or keys as they walked through the area. A few moments later, a monk wearing sandals and a chain belt ran past them. The teenagers screamed and ran back towards the town. You would, wouldn't you? Yes. To be fair. But that doesn't mention possibly one of the most well-known sightings mm. which is um, by CJ Romer um, in 1987 now I've recently joined um, 
uh, paranormal group, which I'm quite excited about, um, called uh, the Association for the Scientific Study of Anomalous Paranormal uh, Anomalous Phenomena. It's a bit of I had to write it down because I can't it? remember it otherwise. But they Can do. Can you fit that on a T-shirt? <laughs> well, they, they give you a badge. It's ASSAP. Still not. A-S-A-P. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's a really interesting group actually because then they're very scientific and they don't. They're a bit like the borderline. Science investigation. That's where how I think that's why I'm drawn to them because the famous lowest of bass boy band. And and CJ is the chairman for that group, so I've actually been corresponding with him a little bit anyway. Extra side note, which I found out like literally yesterday, was yesterday or the day before. It doesn't matter. The Reverend Lionel Fanthorpe is the the president. Quite exciting. Uh, Which is like, and we've been offered an interview. Yeah, which is like big news. Yeah, because I was a. 14 TV is one of the reasons why I'm like I am now. Mm. So, Reverend I'm not make you into him, then you won't say anything, will you? You'll just be like... Well, I did say that to CJ. I was like, oh, yeah, that would be great, but I would just would sit there and stare at him. Yeah, <laughs> and just be like, oh. That would be really awkward. So, for those that don't know, Chris Jensen, Roma. Yeah. So, um, what's he worked on? So, he he's a paranormal expert, and he's yeah. been on uh, Ghost Adventures... Ghost um, Hunters. Ghost Hunters, but not the American version. There was a British version in yeah. the 90s. And that's where he actually talks about this. Um, but he's a really interesting guy. Mm. And, and so for for this to come from someone who has got a very kind of like... Pragmatic approach, yeah. And, and, mind, and, you know, it doesn't jump to thinking that he's seen a ghost. It's actually really, really yeah. good. So he spoke about this on Ghost Hunters in 1992. Oh, sorry, in... This is from his blog, isn't it? Yeah. But it's from a piece he wrote, isn't it? Yeah. For a magazine, I believe. Yeah. Um, So he was interviewed on Ghost Hunters about this. Yeah. um, In the early 90s. But the actual thing happened in 1987. I mean, do you want to... Should I read a bit from it and break it down? Yeah. So, 1987, he'd been at a war games meeting with four friends, all aged about the same. They were about 18. Driving on the way back, um, and one of them needed the loo. A lot so of like accounts of this missed that out. <laughs> Sorry, there was a child. <laughs> Look of disgust on my face. <laughs> you should see it. And uh, so one of them needed the loo badly, turned into a cul-de-sac off the flyover. So it's about 8:30 p.m. on a warm August day, beginning of August. They found the ruins. The matter in hand, as it were, was taken care of, um, and they went to have a quick look at the ruins. And then it says, it was then we became aware of a joker wearing a black sheet over his head, pretending to be a ghost. I think it was Darren who saw him first and remarked on this guy in a very light-hearted tone. He was looking at us from the first storey, in other words, above ground window, and was obviously watching us. Darren, being the most headstrong of us all, said, let's scare him, charged forwards towards the facade of the building, which has a large arch and a smaller one, in which there was a staircase up to the room we'd seen the chap in. As I followed, partly to restrain Darren, partly in a spirit of Scooby-Doo, and I'd have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you pesky kids, I don't know what I was thinking. Then we saw him come down the stairs, the sheet billowed out like a woman in a ball gown, there were three dark spots on his stomach area, at least that's what I saw, and as I was running, well, I wasn't the most observant. We threw ourselves up the staircase at the guy, who was now well within reach, halfway down the stairs, which is why our impact with the flint wall at the back of the room came as a surprise. No stairs existed. So we're sitting in front of that building. We are. And 
as CJ kind of goes on to say, they realise once they've fallen through the doorway that there isn't any floor. No staircase. No, no staircase, floor. no floor. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, seeing that yeah. is quite unnerving. The thing I find bizarre about this is that they ran at him because I don't think I would... I, I might think it was somebody playing about. I don't think I'd run at them. That's just they were 18. I think And boys. And boys. Sorry, um, boys. They were, yeah. Just don't <laughs> run at people. Uh, so they were frightened. They both felt sick. There was a yeah. distinct feeling of coldness, and it says, and I completely lost the plot. Um, when he asked the others what they'd seen, everyone agreed there was a very real and very tangible staircase. They all agreed there was a figure, although David described it as a smoky mass. But if he didn't think it was a joker in a sheet, why did he not challenge our statement before? Mm. Um, Axel, can you believe someone's called Axel at that point? Um, said it looked like a monk, but any shadow can look like a monk, hence the hundreds of spectral monks said to prowl English towns. Those three spots on the stomach, to me, say stabbing... In the stomach. Stephen, yeah. the naughty Well, pirate. this is... A- so when I was putting my notes together, that was one of my explanations. Actually, whether or not it's probably unlikely that CJ knew about this, yeah. that at the time. So for him to like say that, and there to be a stabbing story, is very interesting. Yeah, and and also quite interesting that this, that after they've seen this this figure, and after they've presumably pretty much thrown themselves through it because by mm. the time they hit the wall that's where the figure was so they've either gone through this yeah um they feel sick um emotional they're all like cold, affected shaky on that 16 mile journey david one of the friends forbade us to discuss Which what I, we'd seen yeah sorry i got excited then but so he him saying to them we're not allowed to talk about it until we've been able to write down written statements yeah it's actually really good that they did that yeah. because as soon as you start talking about it you start hyping it up and you start like imposing not intentionally but your memories of an event on someone else and you'll pick up other people so to, to keep quiet about it until you've had a chance to write it down was actually key and when they this. did do that everything was the same apart from their perception of that figure yeah so, so they all saw the staircase yeah the order of events were all the same yeah. the, they all saw a man wearing black yep but all, they, all of them were slightly different descriptions, yeah. which is fair enough, mm. I think. And then they're saying, uh, there was one more bizarre aspect to this sighting. As we left the pro, we had a sense the building was in somehow rebuilding mm, itself. I love this. Making itself more real around us. Axel shouted, jump the walls, break its reality. We missed that off the documentary. It sounded too sensational. Yet it was exactly what I felt, and and evidently Axel too. And as I ran for the car, I also felt as if with every step, I was plunging deeper into mud or wet sand. Possibly a physiological response to extreme fear, the legs turning to jelly sensation. It's quite... um quite strong isn't yeah, it yeah that just that bit at the end i don't know it really grabs me like the idea of the priory building itself back up it's very atmospheric isn't yeah. it and, and and yeah it's like what's that awful film that i can't understand with leonardo dicaprio in it which is that kind of thing happens and it begins with i oh inception yeah i've not actually watched it because it's, like it's too much for me it sounds like that but better yeah and he says at the time he was an atheist he was an advocate of scientific reductionism. 
His family believed in ghosts and it almost made him want to not believe in them even mm. more and to, and to explain them away, uh, you know, to say that they were hallucinations, tricks of the light, mental phenomena, ESP, you know, that, that they didn't believe, he didn't want to believe that yeah. what he saw had been a ghost. And I think if only one of them had seen it, the group probably just would have written it off as like, Ugh. but the fact that they all saw yeah. something that night. Um, and when I was reading about this one, I, I was obviously Googling the, the stories and um, a podcast called Knock Once for Yes. Yes, I Did you to listen that. to that? Yeah, that was quite interesting because, yeah. so when they visited um, Fitz, didn't know anything of the story and they kind of just came along here who's the other one laura um lil lil that's it lil. um they came along on a kind of they were just passing so they yeah. they thought they'd come here and they didn't really well, at least know. we've meant to come here. yeah <laughs> we're not here for a wee or because we're passing no so fitz had a very similar experience um in the same place so he saw a hooded figure dressed mm. in black walking along past one of the upper windows which is similar to what the, the what CJ's group saw. He was kind of drawn to the doorway where they saw the stairs. And he said that there was almost like an electric atmosphere to the Priory, which then intensified as he walked towards the building and almost came to like a, what's the word? Climax? Yeah. Like when they got to the doorway and as he passed through the doorway, it kind of peaked and then they and it dropped and dropped it was like away. they were crossing a threshold yeah um, back into reality yeah and, and and he had this kind of he almost described it in the same sort of way of the prior it felt like there was the priory was trying to impose another image on his mind mm. of what it looked like yeah but i actually i know i've read these examples so i knew about them but i can i kind of get it yeah because it does feel like at the start of the podcast I was saying you can really picture what it was going to be yeah. what it would have been like so I I don't know whether that is just because there are is so much of the walls left and it gives you that or whether there's something about this actual site which has some kind of power to yeah it's there, there's there's a few kind of accounts of things that have happened here um, I was looking at another one grew up in Thetford and used to play in the grounds of the prior when we were young. When we were 13 or 14, one summer's evening, this is from a blog, no name. Um, in 1991 or 92, me and two friends were mucking about in the grounds when one of us said, look over there, someone's watching us from the window, same place. Mm. We stopped and looked and all we saw was someone watching from the large upstairs window to the right of the small window. Uh, we joked that it was a ghost, ran towards the ruins and window. When we got close, we realised there was nothing there. It looked like a shadowy figure or someone wearing dark clothes. We didn't see the stairs or the figure move, but we did see it watching us from the upstairs window, even though there is no upper floor. Mm. We kind of laughed it up, making excuses for what it could have been, but we knew that what we'd seen couldn't be explained. And then there's another one, which is very different, very different. Um, I attended a children's party in about 1970 when I was nine at a flint cottage with a garden that backed onto the priory. I was playing in the garden looking out over the priory when I spotted a lady about 50 feet away. She appeared to be gliding. Her face was silvery and shimmering. She was dressed in contemporary clothes, a beige skirt, red top, 
clutching a handbag, white short curly hair about 50 or 60 years old. She moved slowly towards an arch and just disappeared. It was so odd, I told my mum when she picked me up. I didn't think too much about it over the years until my mum watched a documentary about the four lads seeing what appeared to be a monk. My mum being an adult realised the area as being the same where I'd seen my spectre. Mm. That's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. I don't think, whatever we say, I do not think this, that monks were wearing no. a beige skirt and a red top. Unless it is that idea if it's a kind of a threshold place. Yeah, there's somebody who'd been there from, mm. yeah, another time. That's a really good one. So, yeah, I mean, we are literally right next to where... I think we should have a walk in there with, a, with this on. Through the... Through the, through the, through the, yeah. the archway. That right, we'll gather up things and yeah. we'll come back to you. Yeah. Okay, so we've packed up our picnic. And yep. We're just walking in front of the Priory Lodge. Um, it's amazing when you walk in, which we did earlier, there are wells in there, yeah, aren't there? There are a couple of wells. Stores. And you can see where red brick has been added to make windows mm. and probably to fill holes, I should imagine. Yeah. So we're just approaching um, one of the two, well, the two 12th century arches. Um, one is quite a large one. There's a face in the arch. Oh, there? yes, there is a face in the arch. Yeah. It looks like either a bearded man or a lady. Can't tell, can you? And then I think it was a smaller one of the arches that they had the experience so here again two yeah, faces and actually you can see where a stairwell was yes, stairway yeah. was um, okay so there's the, the there's like a tracery across the wall where you can see where there would have been a staircase yeah. up to floor one yeah so we're just going to walk through the arch and see if anything happens lots of faces look yeah okay walk through didn't feel any different. God, you always ruin it, don't Sorry. you? It is no, really cool, though. It's lovely. And it's really interesting that all ac- like these accounts have all seen a stairway, and actually there is a trace of a stairway. I do also wonder how much of this is later. So this, there's a stone pillar holding up a window. That looks fairly added. Yeah, um, true. It may be added on. Mm. So I don't think the staircase is. I think that's. I think that is what it is. I mean, you can imagine if it was dusk, which it was. Yeah. Um, on both occasions, I think when this has been seen, this would have an entirely different atmosphere. We've got really? kids playing outside, which is nice. It's a sunny day. It's not the same, is it? No. As. No, here in the evening would be very, very atmospheric. And you can. S- and you can see where the houses would have been, the windows would have been. Yeah. I mean, quite a large house. It would have been. Yeah, definitely. It is, it's wonderful. It's like my dream place to play as a kid because you've got all these little rooms. As you can hear. As you can hear. Yeah. <laughs> all these little rooms to mess about in. Brilliant. Lots of things to climb through. It is really cool. So if you're in Thetford, yeah, come along. This is it's open every single day, bar Christmas day. Bar Christmas day. There's so much to see here. It's so atmospheric. Bring a picnic. Bring a picnic. We're now in the prize lodging, standing here. 
And we're going to wait until we see yep. the figure, aren't we? Yep. So we might, might still while. be here when you come to yeah. visit. Okay, we'll see you then. From true crime to football, Brexit to folklore. For more great podcasts from Archant, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archant. <laughs>